What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. What it do, Hardwood Knox listeners? I am Dan Favalli coming at you with part two of our Atlantic Division regular season preview. We have Christian Winfield back, senior NBA writer for the New York Daily News. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Splash. That's at K-R-I-S-P-L-A-S-H-E-D. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Favalli. That's F-A-V-A-L-E. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andrew D. Bailey. Follow the show at Hardwood Knox. As I remind everyone every episode, please continue rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us on iTunes. We're really making an effort to put out versatile, fun, serious, in-depth, stupid, dad joke, snarky content as often as we can. It takes 10 to 15 seconds out of your day. Search Hardwood Knocks on iTunes. Throw us a rating. Write a review. We read all of them, taking the feedback into account. We appreciate everything you have to say. We love every five-star rating that we get. Love seeing the numbers goes up, going up. So please continue doing that. You can also find us wherever else you're consuming your podcast if you're not using iTunes. Finally, please remember to follow Blue Wire on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods. You'll be able to check out all the other cool podcasts that we have at Blue Wire. In addition to reading all the fire, awesome, incredibly absurd, but still cool tweets that I'm throwing out there basically on a daily basis. With all that out of the way, let's get to talking about the Celtics, Raptors, and Philadelphia 76ers in part two of our Atlantic Division regular season preview with the New York Daily News' Christian Winfield. Boston Celtics, did they have, did you view any of their moves? Was there an underrated one that you really appreciated that didn't get enough love this summer? I love Kemba, man. I'm a Kemba guy. I'm, I'm a, and you know, I, I, I don't want to say that Kyrie didn't deserve some of the, some of the, the criticism that he got because obviously coming in there and 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 just some of the things he was saying was kind of wild. But I think that you know a lot of a lot of their 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 chemistry issues was just a byproduct of Brad Stevens trying to force Gordon Hayward back into the rotation when you've got two guys in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum who a were accustomed to those minutes and b were still expecting to get them. In this year, they were probably expecting them to to kind of ease Hayward on well, maybe bring him off the bench a little bit, and Bressy just throws him right back in there, and they're kind of looking crazy. And that's obviously I'm going another tangent. I, I love the Kemba Walker pickup. You know, I think that's a guy who it makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's a guy who's going to be able to replace some of of, of Kyrie's uh, offensive firepower. He's got scored sixty some points last year. 
uh, against the Sixers. Uh, he's a guy who's going to be able to get you buckets in clutch. I was in Philly for a Sixers-Hornets game working on that Kemba feature that I, I, I let go last year. And this guy, I think he scored 30-something points. Or no, I think he scored 24, 23 points in just the fourth quarter and overtime. And the, the Hornets lost that game because it was only Kemba Walker. And now you get Kemba Walker some help. Well, Kemba Walker finds some help. And he goes to a team that A, wants to win, and B, has some guys that can compete. Um, their offseason, other than that, though, was pretty bare bones. Um, I, I kind of like their draft picks. Um, I don't think Ennis Cantor is the long-term. He can't be your solution at center. Um, he's not necessarily a rim protector. I think he's going to have to show that he can play defense, um, and that's going to be the that's going to be the, where the Celtics fall off. They're going to have to outscore a lot of teams um, because Kemba is not the, the he's, he competes, but he's undersized. Right. Um, and and obviously Jalen Brown, I like him. I like Jalen Brown a lot. I like Jason Tatum a lot. Um, Gordon Hayward's. And they still have to figure that out, right? You still have to figure out how you're going to stag either stagger those minutes or who's going to play where. Um, I think that. The Celtics are another team that you're looking at that needs that third player. If Gordon Hayward is still the star that Brad Stevens thinks he is, and I believe Gordon only has two more years on his deal, which you got Kemba for four, um, do you keep Gordon and trade somebody to get a real five or some another real star in there, or what do you do? Because the Celtics team that's, that's constructed as as it is right now is not good enough to get out of the first round, depending on where they match up. But to answer your question, it has to be Kemba because they didn't really do too much else this summer. Yeah, it's he. I might go with Grant Williams. The caveat there okay. is: is he actually going to play? He's. I'm someone who crams for the draft in like four to six weeks leading up to it, and he, looking at their roster now, I would say is their highest IQ big, and their best passing big. And I hope that they not only give him minutes, but I want to see them get a little quirky and put him at center. Uh, he would be my pick, but Kemba is Kemba's just underappreciated in general. And, For I mean, sure. And your point too about his defensive effort—it's there. It's just that he's undersized. But there are nights when he looks like a very good defender because of the work he puts in, and because he's not facing someone who can overpower him as easily as as a lot of the other guards. Exactly, and then we even saw an international play. He was getting a lot of steals. He was getting his hands in there ripping the ball out from a lot of guys who were getting by him I, I admired that another guy is they drafted Carson Edwards and he's a guy to light it up with the quicker that's gonna be my the guy that I want to watch and just just see if he can go off for 20 or 30 points on a random night um that's a guy who I mean he's also another undersized guard but he can light it up and uh, I'm looking forward to watching him play for sure it is I want to see which of their youngsters are going to end up getting minutes because it's good maybe it's not all three of them when you look at uh Edwards Romeo Langford and Grant Williams but it's mm. one of them. At least one of them has to play a pivotal part. You can even throw Wanamaker and Tremont Waters in there, too. There are going to be just someone, I don't want to say unexpected because we know they need people to step up, but there's going to there's gonna be a player that is just inexperienced, a rookie that or a sophomore that needs to contribute to this team. Yeah, that guy is going to be, uh, and this might also double as your answer to who's going to have a breakout season, but they're going to need Robert Williams to have a really good year. He's a guy who fell to them in the draft. He's a guy who's pretty—he's pretty—I won't say underrated, but he's talented for his size. He's able to do a lot of things around the rim, uh, play on both ends of the floor, um, and he's a guy who I, I guess he kind of fits the mold of the, the modern-day type of rim rolling, rim protecting type of big that you want to have. I'm thinking like Clint Capella, like a like a something like a Jared Allen along those lines. Um, and obviously, granted, I'm not I'm not like a Celtics beat writer. I don't get to watch them. I didn't watch them all 82 games last year or even 41 of their games, what have you. 
But Robert Williams is a guy who I see as a guy who can actually really compete and maybe might end up becoming the starting center if and his cancer is that bad of a defender next year. I guess we'll see. Um, but I like what I was able to see from him. I looked at a little bit of his film from college. Um, I like what I what I've seen, what I saw from him last year, and I think he's going to be a guy that Celtics are going to need to step up at that center position because right now, and this ain't it. <laughs> uh, yep, you're, you're correct, and I think you kind of answered there. What's their glaring need right now is maybe you could harp or or nitpick the the backup playmaking positions, but you're probably hoping to get what you don't from Kemba from uh, Gordon Hayward. They have Marcus Smart there. They have some of the younger guards. Uh, you're probably hoping Tatum or Brown get to leap. And so would I be right to assume that the glaring need for you for this team is just a permanent, definitive, confident answer at the five position? Uh, absolutely, because you don't. And, and don't get me wrong, I like, and it's a great guy. Um, been able to talk to him a couple times. Um, you know, I think, he, I think he showed us a different side of him in Portland. When he, a, not only did he put his body on the line, he was playing with that injury, but B, he was actually competing on the defensive end. We saw him get some blocks or so I'm actually trying to step up to the challenge. And that just comes, that's just a byproduct of being in a, in a situation where teams are trying to win. And I think just being in New York was kind of a bad situation because he wanted to compete and wanted to play and the Knicks didn't. And, and eventually they, they let him go. Um, but he's not a, a, a rim protector by any means. You know, he's, he's one of the, 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 I won't say better. He's one of the worst defenders, worse with an E, not worse with a T. I don't want to make it seem like he's the worst defender in the, in the Hey, he yeah, was but like he's, he's sort not. of okay at times in Portland, and maybe that's the hope. Yeah, no, is that in a more of, team yeah, oriented sort of okay. scheme that he can be yeah. adequate or close to it or something? <laughs> right, but at the same time, Portland had the offensive firepower in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and um, and he was a stopgap. You know, it, it, right. you had juice, you have use of Nurkic there, and they went and got Hassan Whiteside, and Portland was going to be good again this year. Um, but you don't want a sort of okay. Uh, stop gap center as the guy that you're hanging your hat on as being able to to lead you to a, a playoff series victory when teams are attacking everybody else's weakness when teams can hone in and say all right well let's let's attack let's pick and roll at double zero every time or whatever whatever number Candace gonna be where that's what they're gonna do and if he can't stay on the floor because he can't stay you know what I'm saying uh productive on the defensive end it's gonna be tough so I think they need a, a good year from Robert Williams I think there's gonna be at least a little bit of pressure on him because he's talented. We know he can play. It's just a matter of taking that next step, and I think he's going to do it. And uh, if he does, we might see Ennis Cancer look like a, a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Why not? This question I actually think is finally easy, but we'll see. Are they going to be better on offense or defense? Uh, they'll be better on offense for sure. They're looking at a team that if, if everybody gets hot – remember, Cantor can score the ball too. He's a guy he can give you 20 points. Jason Tatum can get you 20 points. Campbell Walker can get you 30 points. Jason Tatum can get you 30 points. Jalen Brown can get you 20 points. Uh, Carson Edwards might heat up. They got a lot of guys. Daniel Daniel Tice coming off the bench. He's going to be able to space the floor out and hit some threes. Um, they got a lot of a lot of good scorers on that team. I think their issue there is going to be on the defense. And, and it might not really be an – no, it is going to be an issue because Kemba's undersized. I think your best uh, defender in your starting five is probably going to be Jalen Brown. You got Marcus Smart coming off the bench. Um, and he's he's going to be able to help a little bit, but um, I think this team is going to check out better as an offensive team, and um, yeah, uh, and they're going to have to pray for an answer at the five. They're going to have to really hope Robert Williams steps up because if Robert Williams steps up, that changes the entire dynamic of what happens there. Because if, if Kemba gets beat, Robert Williams is going to is going to move over and help. And I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are good enough to stay in front of their man. So um, I, I think it's just a matter of, of if they get some help with that five, it'll 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 work wonders for them. 
did you want to go with Robert Williams as your breakout candidate or someone said to make a leap or do you have someone else on this roster you're looking at? I think it has to be Robert Williams because you still have this log jam at the forward spot that's not going to allow I don't want to say it's not going to allow Jason Tatum to, to be that breakout player, but if you're paying Gordon Hayward 30 some million dollars, <laughs> you need to put the ball in his hands. Right? And I think that the way Jalen Brown is set up is he views himself as much more than just a 3 and D guy. I think he sees himself as a guy who can who can be a, 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 a an, an option on offense. So he's going to want his touches and so is Jason Tatum, and I just don't think Jason. I think Jason Tatum is gonna is gonna have a fine season. I don't think he's gonna get enough touches or enough opportunities to score to where he can average twenty something odd points per game. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think obviously it's gonna be a different situation now because Kemba's a totally different point guard than Kyrie Irving. Kemba's a guy who's gonna come bring the ball up the floor and give the ball up, and then have, let other guys go to work. And then if the ball gets back to him, then he'll make something happen. Whereas Kyrie's a guy who's coming up the court and he's waving guys off. He won't. Wants to go up, he wants to go at his matchup. I think just by virtue of that, other guys are going to have good seasons. Um, but I don't think anyone, I don't think we're going to see a breakout season per se from Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward for that matter. I think they're all going to have uh, middling seasons. I don't think anyone's going to average, I don't think anyone between those three is going to average more than 17, 18 points per game. Uh, if all three of them average that, that'd be nice. I don't think it's possible. Um, I think it's Robert Williams, and that's the guy who has to have a breakout season for them, for, for the Celtics to be good enough. I like that pick. I'm still inclined, probably out of stubbornness, to go with Jason Tatum because I I still believe he's going sure. to be really good and that there's going to be, I would say, a, a portion of their offense is going to be dedicated to almost forcing him to try and evolve as more of a creator off the dribble, um, not just for others, but for himself and taking smarter shots and, and finishing his drives out. I like the Robert Williams pick, though, because you're absolutely right. They just don't have that idiot-proof option at the five right now and unless you're confident grant williams can play it um a long a, a ton of minutes there unless you really like daniel tice or you think that semi is going to give you minutes at the five there seems to be a wide open competition there and, and robert williams is a, i would call a sneaky good pick yeah unless unless you got taco fall coming out <laughs> <laughs> and playing some minutes which I, I i don't see happening then i would go robert for sure player most likely to be traded from this roster I'm gonna go with um one of Tatum or Brown. Um, I think there's a market for either one of those guys, and I think that the Celtics. It, it's tough because the Celtics are a team that need another star, and I. It, I don't know. There's not. There aren't very many available, which is tough. You know, a lot of a lot of stars change teams this year, and they're not. And their new teams aren't going to trade them right away. So it's going to be tough. Um, right. There's Bradley Beal, and that's basically it. Unless yeah. things – I could see it getting terrible with the Lakers if Anthony Davis and LeBron, that team just flops. But, again, like you said – I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, well, one, right, because that combo just seems – of all the stars that LeBron has played with, it seems that Davis will be the cleanest fit. Uh, and then, like you said, you're looking at the rest of the league. All these stars change teams. And so even if they don't have a honeymoon period, it's not going to be – Hey, we need to get off of these players. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Celtics mix it up and try to go for Gallo. I think Gallo's a guy who can get a bucket, and maybe they they, they try to go get him from from OKC. But that's a stretch. Um, I don't know what they do. They're, they're, they 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 kind of stuck. I won't say they're stuck because when you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and and teams want those guys, 
you you kind of you kind of have the rest of the league at your at your will. But Jalen Brown know. seems to I, make I sense, like you mentioned, guys. just because he's extension eligible. Yeah, and if they think that he's, I know there won't be a ton of cap space next summer, but there's also not going to be a ton of quality free agents. And if he's been exactly. wanting near max money in negotiations so far, maybe they sh- they shy away from that. I think that I don't think he gets near maximum. I think I, I could see him getting something along the lines of the Karis Levert extension, which would be three years, fifty something million or so. Um, but it's tough. I don't know who they. I don't know that they trade anyone in the middle of the season when you look at what's out there and what they need. And the Celtics are our team right now. I think they. The Celtics are going to have to swing for twenty twenty one free agency because they'll have money then, and Kemba will have two years left on his deal. And um, I think that's what they need. To, I think they need to stay afloat, come, like show that they're a competent team, uh, and uh, and really swing for a star at that point. But at that point, you know, is there? There should be guys who want to play with Kemba. Who wouldn't want to play with Kemba if he's still doing what he's doing now in two years? I would. My favorite Kemba story is that he had a there was a text message group with him and Charlotte's kiddos, and it was called Kemba and the Avengers. Is now my favorite Kemba. Kemba and story. the Avengers. Yeah, I'm dead. That's funny. Uh, strongest year-end award candidate for this team. Um, hmm. I think if Robert Williams becomes the player we, that the Southers need him to be, he could be a most improved player of the year candidate. Um, I don't think they have a real rookie of the year uh, uh, candidate on their team. Uh, if they, if they end up having a rookie of the year candidate, something... Uh, it, something went terribly wrong yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> and in Boston, to be honest. Something went terribly wrong if they have a rookie of the year candidate because none of their rookies should be getting too... Too much playing time. Um, I think I would go with Romeo Lanford. I don't think Kemba Walker. Well, it depends. If if the and, and again, this all depends on where the Celtics finish. And it also, I guess, it also depends on how they're perceived. If the Celtics are perceived as a a functional team, and b a a if they end up with a better record than they were last year, like if the Celtics somehow finish third or second in the NBA, then you look at Kemba is the the anti Kyrie Irving, and you look at him as everything that Kyrie wasn't able to be. Then maybe he gets some some MVP consideration, but I Kemba Walker and MVP just don't sound right. Like like he would have to average thirty five points and ten assists for the entire season. I just don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I think that it would be Robert Williams for most improved player, just because he'd end up getting more minutes and more of an opportunity to prove himself. I would be the same on this topic where I would like you pick Williams for breakout candidate. I would say Jason Tatum for most improved player would, would be my pick. And, and that's just, okay. Yeah, that's, that's I, fair. I, I personally don't like any of the options for this team for a year end award, but that would be my stab in the dark. Yeah. What? And maybe I'm, I, I feel like I'm underselling what, what Jason Tatum is going to do this year. Maybe he does like surprise some folks that have an incredible season. Um, and it's possible. I just still think that the thing that held him and Jalen Brown up, last year is still there i don't think it was necessary part of it may have been Kyrie, and Kyrie's, you know he's, he's a, a me first type of scoring guard but there are three players on the on the roster for the minutes of two positions and it's going to be interesting to see how they get broken up what's the lineup you're dying to see from this team uh put marcus smart at the center um i want, I want kemba i want i want kemba jason jalen uh smart at the center and do I want Gordon Hayward on the floor too? Why not? Throw Gordon Hayward on the floor too. I want Marcus Smart at the center and all five of those guys, uh, all four of his other guys on the floor. Because Marcus Smart, <laughs> he can guard a lot of different positions. I would not be surprised if they actually do put him at center. 
Um, so it's going to be fun to see that. Uh, what else? Also, any lineup with Taco Fall out there. <laughs> with Taco Fall and Carson Edwards out there. There's a lot of I want to see. They need to put Taco Fall out there with all of their, their shortest players. Their four shortest players in Taco Fall. Just, yeah. just for the memes. Yeah. Yep. So that would be what? Kemba, Carson, uh, Marcus Smart. And Romeo and Langford, I guess. who else? Is? Romeo Langford. I, yeah, probably Romeo Langford. Wow. That'd be great. Just the aesthetics of that would be hysterical. I, my lineup would be similar to yours, except I want just all the Grant Williams lineups. So give me Grant Williams with Smart and then throw uh, Jalen, Tatum, and, and Kemba out there. And that's sure, the lineup yeah. I really want to see. Yeah, go for it. Um, where do you, what place do you think they'll finish in in the East? Um, I've got them fifth. Uh, they, they're going to be behind mm, Philly, Milwaukee, Indiana, Brooklyn. I've got them competing for or fifth or sixth with uh, who else is up there? Let me see. I just had these these teams up here. Where did we go? Let me pull this up. I, I think fifth is the the natural. Oh no, here we go. Um, I could see Toronto having a good season, but I don't think they'll be good enough to have a better season than Boston. Um, let's see. Milwaukee or did Orlando is probably going to be at the eighth seed. Uh, Toronto, Philly, Milwaukee, Miami. I don't know how good Miami is going to be in the Jimmy Butler era. Um, if they're better than I think they are, that could be another team that that, gets, that sneaks up there. Um, Detroit is going to be in the playoff picture somewhere. It'd be a, a crying shame if they missed the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, I think they, they'd be comfortable as the, the fifth seed in, in, in the East for sure, behind uh, Philly, Milwaukee, uh, Indiana, and Brooklyn. You're not concerned at all with Indiana about not only one them having so many new faces, but also just we don't know when Oladipo is going to come back from that quad injury or, or what he's going to look like. Nah, Indiana was good without without Oladipo last year too. Uh, then you improved the you improved the point guard position on both ends of the floor by adding Brogdon. Um, you're, you're banking on Miles Turner getting better this year and on uh, Sabonis taking another leap in his development. Um, I think losing uh, Bogdanovich is going to hurt, but I feel like I'm missing somebody that they, that they brought in. They have T.J. Um, Warren, Jeremy really... Lamb. They have so many new faces. TJ, oh, yeah, yeah. T.J. Warren is a, is a scorer. He's going to get his bucket. Jeremy Lamb is another scorer. I think they'll be fine. I think they've got enough firepower to hold them over until Oladipo gets back, and then from there, they become a, a, a really good team once he does get back. I think they're, they're fine. I think they're a very well-coached team. I spoke to Wesley Matthews a little bit about that last year. They're a very well-coached team. Um, they, they play up and down. Um, I, I really like them. I think they're gonna they're gonna turn some mess. I got them a third seed for sure. If you, if you could tell me that Nate McMillan's gonna let them just be a little bit play a little bit more freely on offense, uh, I could buy everything you're you're uh, selling. And, <laughs> and even if they don't, if Victor Oladipo comes back, they're they're the team you don't want to face in the playoffs. You know, if, even if you can't pinpoint where they'll finish the regular season, they're the team you don't want to face in the postseason. Exactly. Hey man, any team with TJ McConnell, hey, they yeah. by me, man. I think I think they'll be just fine. Do you have a boldish prediction for the Celtics? Um, I think my bold prediction is that they, they don't make the second round and they get bounced in the first round. I think they, they get bounced in the first round because they finished fifth or sixth and um, they're just not going to have enough firepower to beat one of these teams. I think they lose in a series to Brooklyn um, just because they're going to they're gonna lose on the interior. Um, if they finish anywhere below fifth, their odds at getting out of the second round uh, decrease. So um, I think that's my... My bold prediction is we see the Celtics with a first-round exit. I'm going to be refreshing Kyrie Irving's Instagram if the Celtics get back as soon as they get bounced <laughs> in the first round. Oh, man. That'll be fun. A few of us on this show use Harry's Razors. 
If you visit their website, you can check out all different shave sets and face care products. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. Why try Harry's? Well, Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep you razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of this show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. We are now on to the Philadelphia 76ers. God, this division had a lot of turnover. I'm just thinking about all the, the additions yeah. in, in Philadelphia. Uh, they were second in the Atlantic last year at 51 and 31. They did a lot this offseason. What was their most underrated move in your eyes? Um, hmm. Getting Josh Richardson. Underrated move. Um, I think he's a guy. He used to be number one. The reason I the the, only, the reason I fell in love with Josh Richardson was because of 2K. Uh, back when I used to actually play video games, there was just some random guy on the Heat who A was a high flyer and B <laughs> never missed any threes. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Turns out it's Josh Richardson. Then I know he has that injury uh, a couple years back that kind of that kind of set him back a little bit. But he's a guy who's A is a flamethrower from deep. Um, he's he's a guy who's going to be able to defend one, two, and three. And he's a guy who can fly. He's going to run and jump and dunk. And uh, I think getting him. Uh, as as kind of a, a, a recouping that in the Jimmy Butler loss, I think that's a really good move for them. Uh, it shores up their defense. It gives them more spacing on the floor. Um, now they've got a, a real lineup where you've got if you've got Ben Simmons at that at that point guard, and you don't have another guy like Jimmy Butler who wants the ball in his hands as a primary uh, ball handler slash decision maker. You've got a guy in Josh Richardson who's going to just face the floor, who knows his role who can put the ball on the floor if needed, but that's not really his bag. He's a guy who's going to space the floor. He can get some shots up. And he's really just going to compliment this team on both ends of the floor. Um, I think that was a great move uh, by Elton Brand and, and by Brett Brown getting that back in, in the Jimmy Butler deal. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited for him. I think Philly, Philly is a team that I'm very excited for. And I, I hate Philadelphia sports fans more than anything else. <laughs> but they've got a good team on their hands right now, and I can't be mad at that. Look, the the Josh, I did see someone on Twitter said the other day that it was, this is basically verbatim, the Sixers really got Josh Richardson for nothing. Whoa. It did not cost them nothing. But if you were going to lose Jimmy Butler to begin with, and you already traded Robert Covington and Dario Saric, Josh Richardson is a hell of a compensation to get because you look at that contract that he's on, and he's going to hit different. In Philly, just because they're yes. not going to overextend his ball handling duties the way that my, the Miami Heat tried to because they needed to. And so maybe he's right. maybe he's J.J. Redick for them on offense. He's not going to have the pinball movement necessarily in the half court, but he can run um, some spot half court possessions. And now you know you ha- you're confident that he's still going to shoot a high percentage from three. And now you're getting the benefit of a guy who could defend three positions on the defensive end. And I'll say it once more, you just come back to that contract 
just absolutely fantastic. A below market deal for people who just really haven't, if they haven't watched Josh Richardson, I, I would say that if he hit the open market this past summer, or even if he was going next summer when there's not going to be a ton of cap space available, he's going to get more than sub $12 million per year on average. And so if you were going to lose Butler anyway, or you didn't want to give him a five-year max to get Josh Richardson out of that is just absolutely huge. It's huge. And uh, I think I'm going to take your Reddit comp and one up. I think he's more of like a Bojan type of player where he can, he's obviously going to be a flamethrower, but he's a guy who can put the ball on the floor. I think, I think we can see a little bit of pick and roll action. Probably we're going to have to, if he's going to have the ball in his hands and you've got him beat or, or if you've got Horford on the floor, and obviously Horford is, is is a key addition, but I don't think he's underrated by any any stretch. I think last year, if anybody did underrate Al Horford, he put them on the map. He well, he put them on notice with the way he was able to to just defend Giannis and a bunch of other guys last year, and how he was just kryptonite for a lot of different players. Um, but but Josh Richardson is a guy who can do so many different things on offense that people don't really notice because he played in Miami. Miami wasn't necessarily making the playoffs, and if you weren't watching Miami Heat basketball, you didn't really get an opportunity to see who this guy was. But uh. I'm really excited for Philly. I think Philly's got as good a chance to come out of the East as Milwaukee, and they're my team. If they go to the NBA Finals, I, I it'd be tough for me to bet against them, to be honest. Yeah, I, I do worry about their bench, which might step on the toes of this next question. Anything about their offseason you didn't like, or do you have just a glaring need or hole that they still have following their offseason? Um, I think five years, $180 million is a lot of money for Tobias Harris. Um, I think he's going to have to prove that he is a five-year, $180 million player. Um, is he good? Yes. Is he great? Um, I'm sure in the spectrum of all basketball players in on the universe, sure, he's great. Um, is he a superstar? No. Um, and he's getting paid superstar money. He's going to have to perform like a superstar in crunch time. I mean, we didn't see that in the playoffs last year, and that's where, that's where I get a little concerned. They're paying him this much money. This is this is an untradeable contract. Nobody is going to want like James um John Wall's contract is probably untradeable as well just because of his injury history um and and where he was before he got hurt. But when you look at Tobias Harris and his contract and what he does on the floor, um they had to overpay to keep him and now if he does not rise to the level of his contract, especially when it comes to a playoff setting, um it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them and this is the team they're gonna have to roll with for a couple of years now because look at this they're giving him him uh let's see this we got tobias we got Horford, we got Embiid, uh richardson and simmons at least for the next three years and then even if richardson is going you still got horford harris uh simmons and Embiid for the next four years there's not much you can do with that you know in terms of, of adding to the roster they're gonna be capped out for a long time um they need tobias harris to be that killer they need him to be that 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 crunch time performer that can put the ball on the floor and get a basket when the team needs it. And we haven't seen that from him, right? We haven't seen him be the fourth quarter guy that 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 steps up in, in crunch time, that hits big shots. Uh, he's not a. I don't even know how many times he's averaged twenty points in a season. You know, it's not going to be a. He's a guy you're paying one hundred eighty million. He's probably not going to average twenty five points in a game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Um. So, but at the same time, they had to pay him that money. They had to max him out. Um, otherwise, he's probably going to leave. So they were in a tough position there. I still have them as favorites coming out of the East, um, but I think that that is an issue. I, I won't say it's an issue because it's not like Tobias Harris can't ball. He can. Uh, I just don't see him as a killer, and you need one killer on your team at every at, to, to be a champion. And um, if, if you're banking on – obviously, Joel Embiid is that killer, but Joel Embiid is an inside killer. You need an outside one. If you don't have one, it's going to be tough. So – 
Um, this might change. My, my, my thoughts might change if Harris changes my mind. But if he doesn't, this is this could be an ugly deal for years to come. Yeah, and I, I think you just ended up really encapsulating like the overarching issue is they need a they still need that crunch time killer the the face up guy like Jimmy could go and get you a bucket maybe run right. some point that's what he did for them in the playoffs and is Tobias going to be that guy the contract like you said would be very hard if impossible to move it does help that if he finishes it he's still people he's still just relative to I think how long his career feels since he's played for so many different teams he's still kind of young this this contract takes him through his age thirty one season and so if he ends up being right. a good fit you're getting him not not even through his entire prime and and that helps but it's a lot of money. And again, he's not the the killer face-up scorer that Jimmy Butler is, and you don't have that anywhere else. It's not Josh Richardson. That was the problem in Miami. Uh, they needed him to be that guy. He shouldn't be that guy, and he's not that guy. And then until Ben Simmons incorporates something, a floater, a mid-range game, he can't be that guy. So I think that's exactly that's the huge issue for them. The other thing is, is if I pose this question, my co-host Andy wants, I'll pose to you now, who is their best bench player? And there are so many different answers I think you can come up with that that might be another issue for them is there they have guys who can definitely play coming off the bench in, in a second unit, but who is who is their best reserve? It, it's, I think it's gonna. I think I think their best reserve is gonna end up being Trey Burke. Um, I think uh, Brett Brown is gonna put him in as they that first six man point guard type of guy off the bench uh, to be that perimeter scorer. And Trey Burke is a dog. We watched him in New York while he was here. He, he's guy who made some plays who can get some buckets he's undersized obviously but that's a guy who can explode on offense and he's a guy who wants to he had he always he plays with a chip on his shoulder and um that's the type of guy that you that you want on your team um there's him i think zaire smith is a guy that we haven't seen enough out of um i know he's young he's he still has to develop some but um i don't really know what's what i'm supposed to expect out of him you know like i don't know if he's gonna be a guy who's gonna end up being a, a real rotation piece for a while um i think uh, I think it's Trey Burke. I think he's the guy who's going to have to step up off the bench because they need someone with his specific skill set. They needed that guy last year, if you ask me, and now they have him. Um, I think I think he's the guy that's going to come off the bench and average like 14, 15 points for this team. What is uh, will th- will this team grade out higher on offense or defense for the regular season? Defense for sure. That starting five is going to be tough for people to score on. Um, ben Simmons is as good as the as a. Def- Defender you're going to find. Josh Richardson locks up Al Horford and Joel Embiid. Are you kidding me? The weakest defender on the floor is Tobias Harris, and that's the guy you're paying the most money. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, so the it, shortest guy gonna... is Jay Rich, too. 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. They're gonna, it, teams aren't going to score on them. Um, I think this is the team that could feasibly start holding guys back under 100 points, um, depending on how long the starters are on the floor for. Um, I think it'll be great. And, that, and the, obviously, a lot of this depends on Embiid and how many games he plays. Um, I think he's going to end up playing hopefully 70 or so games uh, this year. And, um, yeah, no, this team is definitely going to be better uh, defensively than they are. That's a fact. This question I feel like is ridiculously difficult just looking at the roster. Who is the Sixers' top breakout candidate or the guy most best positioned, excuse me, to, to take a major leap? Um... I think I'm, I'm doubling down here, and it might not be – I don't think it's a cop-out because I think this – as a whole is, is, is going out on a limb. I think Trey Burke, man, I think he's a guy who's gonna he's gonna have his his he's gonna have to have his his hands on on a six man of the year type of season to really prove his value to this team. And this is a guy who can do that. Like he, if you if you give him a specific role, like an ideal role for Trey Burke anywhere, it's 
come off the bench and get buckets. And that's what they need him to do. They need him to come off the bench. They need him to take advantage of mismatches in the in against other teams' second units. They need him to run pick and roll with their bigs. And they need him to go out there and just and just be be aggressive. That's what they don't have. They don't have an aggressive perimeter scorer at the point guard spot. And if he can come off the bench and do that, that I mean, I I don't want to make this type of comparison, but he he could be the Kyrie Irving ish player that needs to support Ben Simmons. You know, Ben Simmons, if you could if you could drop any type of player, that would be the perfect compliment for Ben Simmons. It would be Kyrie Irving slash Kemba Walker. Guys that can get buckets, that can that can take the pressure off of them on offense so they don't have to have the ball in their hands at all the time. And the guys that can hit threes, hit open shots. That's Trey Burke. That's basically Trey Burke. Trey Burke is a poor man's version of a poor man's version of of, of Kemba Walker slash Kyrie Irving. <laughs> right? He's the he's the poor man's poor man's Kemba Kyrie. And that's what you want. That's what he needs to be for this team. They, this is a perfect match. You, I, you could not have drawn up a better match for Trey Burke. So um, I think he's the guy who, who A, is the breakout-ish player for the year, and B, we might see him throw his, his, his hat in the, in the ring for, for six-man of the year, depending on what type of season he has and if the if the, the, the Sixers end up finishing with the number one seed. I almost want to pick, I'm just not a fan of picking rookies, but Matisse Thibel. Just The Sixers are so sure. desperate for... Uh, a competent shooter up front and he did not shoot well his senior year in Washington but if he's getting enough wide open looks my other pick I, I think who I actually will go with is Furkan Korkmaz had a pretty good World Cup okay. sh- showed some flashes of shooting before his injury last year just has nice size maybe you could get um, some small ball four minutes from him and he's not a, as good of a defender as James Ennis but offensively he just seems like someone maybe this is the year where we look at Furkan Korkmaz as a solid NBA rotation player, and by his, by his, t- just, uh, just by his career metrics, that would end up being a, a huge win for the Sixers and him because he's fallen flat in Philly. Yeah, if he could, man, for him, he just needs to be a three and D. I feel like it's the the the, the recipe to get paid for guys that are, are his size and shape is it's 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 straightforward: shoot threes, play defense, and run. And if you can do that, you can make a lot of money in the NBA and you can stick around for a while. If you can do that for them, that'd be nice. And hopefully you can do it. Who's the player most likely to be traded from the Sixers this season? Um, uh, I don't think they can trade anybody right now. You know, I don't, unless, you're, unless you're trading Zaire Smith, maybe you trade Zaire Smith and a pick for somebody who's on us. I don't even think you could do that because now you need to, to make some contract money, make this match up. They don't have enough. What do you think about Jonah Bolden? Everybody. Just they're so sad like on Jonah now. I like Jonah Bolden if he can hit his three-point shot consistently. But but the issue there is, like, if you're trading any of these guys, all their money is is wrapped up in their starting five. Then, then right. after, after, let's see, Tobias, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, after that, the next the next highest paid player is Mike Scott at 4.7. Then it's Dyer Smith at 3 million. Everybody else makes less than 3 million. So if you're trading a young player for somebody else, then the person you get back has to be A, either of equal or greater value, and B, making the same amount of money. And I don't think that we're going to see them make any trades because they just don't have the cap flexibility to take on a lot of money right now um so if i had to pick somebody maybe you you combine zaire smith and maybe i don't know who else you trade Shea Milton, maybe? maybe he might have been a good guy to pick as a breakout candidate too possibly i possibly i don't know too much about shake milton i just don't know if i could see him getting minutes over trey berg i'm i'm on the trey berg bandwagon i think that was a, a very smart pickup for them even if he's on a non-guaranteed deal 
Um, so maybe you you put you you put Zaire Smith and somebody else together, and you bring back a player on a mid-level deal. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that how that pans out for them. Another team that just had so much turnover and so many new contracts. Uh, bad one for trade candidates. Uh, who's their strongest year-end of the ward candidate? Uh, easily Joel Embiid. I think he's going to be a candidate for MVP, uh, Defensive Player of the Year as well. Um, and that's that's only obviously if he plays enough games to, to to be considered. Obviously, he was the best rookie in his class, but because he only played 31 games, he didn't he didn't get the award. Um, I think that if he plays 70 games, he'll be firmly in the MVP and in the the Defensive Player of the Year race. Um, if, if I had to go with anybody, I don't think they have anybody else that can be considered a, a, a year-end year award candidate. Um, no. um, so, yeah, it, it would definitely be Joel Embiid. Um, I think he's the most dominant player in the NBA. Uh, I don't think anyone has any answers for him. And the, actually, the only player that had an answer for him is now his teammate, um, which is such a smart move by, by Philly to go get him because now they've got someone that can give Giannis some, some issues on one end and you take away uh, Embiid's, I guess, kryptonite almost. Um, so yeah, uh, I've got Embiid as as an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate for sure. Lineup you're dying to see from the Sixers, and I I, I totally understand if it's just the starting five because I tried to it, come up with one aside from that and couldn't. It's the starting five, but I think the Sixers are so much more fun when Mike Scott is on the floor. So we take um, who do we take off the floor? We take I think we take Al Horford off the floor. Those are, those are big guys, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it matters for sure you go. I think you go you go Simmons, Richardson, Harris, uh, Mike Scott, and, and Al Horford, and, and just let them have a lot. And, not, and Joel Embiid, and just let them have a lot of fun out there. Mike Scott's a, a fun guy to be around. I, I, I'd like I might even prefer that. to see him play with Horford up front, too, because then you have both of your bigs are kind of more consistent shooters from outside than Embiid has been, and you have so much defensive talent on the perimeter in Richardson and Simmons that – you don't necessarily need a defensive player of the year down low. And again, Al Horford's a pretty damn good defender himself, too. I, I hear, I hear you, but I, I don't, if I'm if I'm dying to see the 76ers in any way, shape, or form, Al Horford is always on the floor. I mean, not Al Horford, uh, Joel Embiid is always on the no, floor. I guess there's, there's no lineup that I on on Philly's rotation that I don't want to see that doesn't include Embiid. That's for sure. Where do you think they'll finish in the East? Uh, I think they finish the number one seed. I think they finish. I think they place better than. Uh, than Milwaukee. I know Milwaukee is is good. I know they were number seed, one number one seed last year. Um, but a they lost Malcolm Brogdon. I know he was out for some time last year, but they lost Brogdon. Um, I know they tried to replace him with a couple pieces there and there. Um, and B, I think the Sixers are just going to be such a good defensive team. Um, I don't. I, it's hard for me to see teams that can beat them, even on nights that Joel Embiid might rest, because you've still got Al Horford, and then you move Mike Scott into the starting rotation. Now you've got another three point shooter out there. Um, I think they obviously they have some depth issues that they have to figure out, but I mean if they if they don't get battered in terms of injuries, I think this is a team that's that can that can do some real damage. I mean this is a team that can go all the way, um, and if they go to the NBA Finals, like I said before, I'm not afraid to say I think the Sixers could win a championship this year. Um, I think you look out west, um, their worst matchup would probably be if you draw LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, even if you draw LeBron and Anthony Davis, I don't think Anthony Davis has anything for Joel Embiid like. What? Joel Embiid is just a horse down low, and then you put Al Horford or Anthony Davis, and Al Horford is just such a smart guy, and then you just show Le- uh, LeBron three different looks with Simmons, Richardson, or Embiid, or, or uh, what's it called, or Tobias on them. Um, I think it's just a bunch of they, – they do so much. I think Philly Philly is a tough matchup for a lot of different teams. Um, 
They Every have to be the reason would, that I, Anthony Davis is so opposed to playing center. That's the one that he. That's the team he looked at and said, <laughs> "I don't want to have to defend Joel Embiid in the finals." Yeah, it, it would be tough. Uh, even though the, uh, the Lakers do have Dwight Howard now, that does change things up depending on where he's at mentally, um, physically. He looks great. Um, yeah, no, nah, I've got I've got the six going all the way. Where do they finish the season? I got them finishing number one, maybe number two, depending on how many games Embiid sits out. Um, but yeah, I've got them going all the way this championship. That, and I th- I think that's a, a really smart pick because there are a lot of superstar duos right now, but there aren't really any super teams. And if there's one team that I think could turn into that terrifying juggernaut, it does seem like it's the Sixers. Maybe you could throw the Clippers in there, but I'm not sure if their two best players, Kawhi and Paul George, are going to play in enough games for the regular season for them to ever kind of get to that level. Maybe they will by the postseason. But if you're naming teams that can turn into this year's just – indomitable force the Sixers to me would be no lower than two on that list behind only the Clippers and again I would probably still put them ahead of the Clippers for that hypothetical uh, award title whatever you want to call it yeah no for sure the Clippers are going to be an incredibly good defensive team when you just look at you got Patrick Beverly you got Kawhi Leonard you got Paul George that's those are elite defenders right there and then you've just got a bunch of moving parts you've got Jamichael Green who can defend so many different positions um they've got a lot of they've got a lot going good for them um but I just think man even the series against against the Clippers I still would be more inclined to to side with uh with the Sixers just because of the sheer force of Joel Embiid down low is going to force some help from one or two additional defenders and and I think Embiid is going to start learning to make the right play when that hope comes and uh and find some shooters. And he's got four shooters. Well, not four. Ben Simmons is going to be on the floor. He's got three knockdown shooters. Hey, if Ben Simmons is shooting left-handed threes out here, man, you never <laughs> know what could happen. So we'll yeah, see. He's going to have those. He's going to have left-handed, one-legged fadeaway three-pointers like James Harden at this point. Boldish, boldish prediction for the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I think I already said it. I think they, they go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I don't. You they, can't really get. I guess my bold prediction would be that they win the championship, right? They, they would go. They, they beat whoever comes out west. Um, I think when you look at different teams, I think they, it's tough for me to find to, for me to find a team that definitively beats them in a seven game series out west, even out east. Um, maybe I, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron, and you put Anthony Davis on the floor with them. Um, anything can happen, but who else would even would like you for Philly? You would really have to attack the fact that that there's. There's, there's no way to attack them on defense. Like they are a very good defensive team, so you'd have to somehow – you'd have to be equally as good at, at defending them. You'd have, to, you'd have to neutralize Joel Embiid to have a chance in a series against them. I just don't see them. I don't see that. So I'm not sure what team is that, that can come out of the West is also going to have as good a chance at, at coming out as NBA champions unless it's LeBron's Lakers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. May, may, again, maybe the Clippers, but everything you said – it hits right to the point that the Sixers, maybe they're a little thin. Maybe you can exploit them by playing small if you can get one of their bigs off the floor. But even then, just looking at their their defensive firepower, it's absolutely incredible. Right. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know that you can even bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. 
or if you're the kind of person that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year to do it. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate this offer. Again, they will double your first deposit with promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The final team in the Atlantic Division, the Toronto Raptors, the reigning oh, NBA boy. champion Toronto Raptors, 58-24 and 24 last year. What was their most underrated move of the offseason for you? And I, this is either going to be maybe really easy or really hard because of how Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard's departures kind of fit into the grand scheme of, of their outlook. Um, uh, I think for the, I mean, I think for them, it was more so that Kawhi had a legitimate decision, you know, and it wasn't more so like, Hey, I'm about to, I'm leaving. I think he was torn. I think he, he kind of wanted to stay, but he also wanted to go home, but he also wanted to play with another star. Um, and I don't know. I think that the, the, the way the Raptors are viewed now, and, and maybe maybe this is just me trying to, to make something up because I'm looking for an answer for, 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 what, for this question, but they didn't really have any free agency acquisitions, right? You bring in Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who uh, love Rondé. Love Allergic him, to dude, finishing at the but rim, he, but yes, yeah. 100%. Can't finish at the rim, can't shoot threes. Jury's still out on how long his career is going to be. Um, you bring in Stanley Johnson, who, again, this is uh, – I. Really know what's what you expect from Stanley Johnson because we've seen what he we've seen what he is in two different in, in a different spot last year. You know, it, it's it's tough. Um, I'm I'm looking at what they did. That's basically all they did. They didn't really have money to do much else. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say just like making a compelling case, going all to the championship last year, winning it. All, um, even though if, if the Warriors are healthy, things might might pan out differently. Probably end out differently. Um, but I don't know. They didn't really. When you look at, they didn't really have an off season, right? They didn't really. They they're gonna have to prove that they were they are as good without Kawhi Leonard going forward as they were last year. Last year, I think they were what like thirteen and three in games that Leonard didn't play or something like that. And and next year, they're gonna not have Kawhi Leonard to lean on. They're not gonna have Kawhi Leonard to be. I think I think Pascal Siakam said he he kind of was that piece for them when things were going crazy. They're not gonna have that, right? They're gonna have championship ex- expertise, but they're not gonna have their Finals MVP. Or the guy who they would be able to lean on for a lot of the season. I think I think Toronto is obviously going to have a. They're going to fall off. I think they're going to be a team that 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 we see some some rocky some rocky waters from. I think um, it, it's tough. I don't I don't I don't think they did anything this season that inspires hope that they that they can repeat as not maybe not even NBA. Forget the thought of of making it back to the finals. I don't think they make it past the first round of the playoffs, and I think it's going to be tough for them. So it's that's why it's tough for me to answer your question, uh, as what was the 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 most? I think you asked me was the, the most underrated thing they did this summer, but they didn't really do much. So it's kind of tough. I think there's one of two ways you can go with it, and you went one of the ways is I actually like what they did with bringing back Patrick McCaw, signing Ronda House Jefferson, signing Stanley Johnson. Take those cheap flyers on guys. Some of them have some length. Some of them have some size. Some, you know, Stanley Johnson's uh, pretty strong. And now you can just switch a ton defensively now still. And it's never going to be at the – none of them are at the level that Kawhi was. Not, none of them are at the level that Danny Green was. But I like kind of going for that scheme even if they can't shoot. I think the other way you could go with it 
is I like that they didn't blow it up after Kawhi Leonard left. It it gives like and not just in the sense that yeah these guys get a victory lap to open the season get their rings in Toronto as members of the Raptors because I still think in the East that they could be a top four team and like you said I could very easily see them getting bounced in the first round but I still believe now that you have a, a training camp to go through with Marcus Saul Pascal Siakam's and uh, another year into his career Kyle Lowry's just consistent uh, on a year-in, year-out basis for them. Brent Van Fleet looked like he really came alive towards the end of last year. Here's hoping maybe he has another kid or something. Uh, it, it, you have an OG and an OB <laughs> healthy. I like that they didn't make the nuclear move just yet. Maybe they do it at the trade deadline. Maybe they just wait for these contracts to come off the books. Uh, but I like that they kept the remaining band together. I think this, the, the smart move for them is, is waiting for those contracts to come off the books. If you move any of those players... If you move a Kyle Lowry, a Marcus Soler, a Serge Ibaka, you're you're gonna take play, you're gonna take back players who have years left on their deal. Um, so I think that they're they're biding time. But again, next year's free agency class is pretty weak. So you want you want the year after that. You want the the nuclear free agency in 2021 where you've got Giannis and you got Anthony Davis and LeBron and you got a bunch of guys. But then you're selling Toronto and do guys want to live in Toronto? It remains to be seen. Um, well, I guess we'll find out. Um, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not as high on them i know that they played well last year with with uh without Kawhi, but i don't know that we see another crazy i think i think fred van vliet had some inspired playoff performances i don't know if he's going to be uh, a 17 point per game score off the bench that's not something i see in the cards for him um maybe it happens who knows uh norman powell is making a decent amount of money i don't know if he's going to be another another one of those guys you know is he going to start at the three now that Kawhi is going we don't know or is that OG, is OG going to come back and, and start there? I don't like. It's, there's too many question marks with them for me. I don't know where they go for me. I don't know who you rely on on offense for them. If Kyle Lowry doesn't have it going, right? Are you giving the ball to Pascal? Are we sure Pascal's year was. I mean, no. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Are we sure Pascal's year wasn't a one-off?" I think he's going to be a talented player in this league for sure. But is he going to be the type of player that that they can rely on? How is he going to react when when the double comes now? Because teams are aren't going to have to worry about Kawhi now. Now they're going to have to worry about, about Pascal since he's going to be the best player on the team. I think they've got a lot of questions they need to answer. And um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can answer them and still be a, a playoff force. I'm not sure they can. Was, th- was there anything – I know you kind of said they didn't have an offseason. Was there anything that you didn't like, or do you think that they reacted and went about their business as best as, as possible after the Kawhi Leonard news? Um. Hmm. I guess bringing back uh, Pat McCall, like you brought up, I guess that's interesting because he's a guy that we still don't know much about. The way he he didn't resign in Golden State and then ends up in Cleveland as a favor, and then they let him go, and then he ends up in Toronto and he wins another championship. It's all it's all kind of weird. Um, that that I was trying to figure out what the hell happened there. I wasn't necessarily sure, um, but I think there's talent there. It's just a matter of what what time as what time. It's just a matter of how his role is going to be on this team. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to start for them. So now he's got to compete for for limited minutes against like Norman Powell, Stanley Johnson, uh, Rondé is gonna gonna probably compete for some minutes. OG is gonna get those minutes as well. So a lot of different guys that are gonna want those same minutes. So it's like, all right, well, just how much of an impact is he gonna have, and is he gonna be able to hit? Yeah, you know, I, I think he's got to be able to be a, a knockdown three point shooter to stay on the floor. And it's gonna, it's, it's we got to, we still got to see if he's able to do that. So uh, the Raptors are interesting. Uh, I just don't think they're going to make enough noise um, to, to really get out of the, the first round. They're going to have to really they're going to figure some things out going forward. Will they grade out higher on offense or, or defense? 
Um, I think they, I think they, that's tough. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, I, I like him. He guards full length of the floor. Uh, I think, I think, I think they're a better defensive team just because I'm looking at this roster. I'm looking at them and I'm thinking about them. It's like, all right, who's shooting, well, right? <laughs> how many guys? Yeah. How many shooting obviously, but how many guys can you give the ball to and say, Hey, go get me a bucket when I need one. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, maybe if you, if you're here, if you're Kyle Lowry in the hot night, you get a bucket. If not, you're, you're, you're cold. Um, other than that, I don't know. That was Kawhi for them, right? And the way they did it last year was they they, they played offense by committee and they, they played defense, and they're going to have to figure it out. Um, I think they'll be a better defensive team than they are offensive, but I'm I'm not necessarily sure how this team is going to perform because I didn't get a chance to watch too many of those games that Kawhi Leonard didn't play in because, hey, Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing. I wasn't really watching those guys. I was trying to figure <laughs> out who else was playing that night. But um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting for me. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this team a when they come to Brooklyn or when they come to New York and play the Knicks and Nets or b just just to see what they've got going on. Um, it'll be interesting to pay attention to them this year, at the very least. Who would be if you had to pick one their top breakout candidate? Um, hmm, breakout. I want to say Fred. But I don't know if he's gonna necessarily. I don't. I don't think we see a sustained, you know, uh, run of what he was able to do last year in the playoffs. I don't think that that's who Fred Van Vliet is. And hopefully, I'm wrong. You know, I think he's. Uh, I think he can hit open shots. I think he's, he's one hell of a defender. I don't think he's a go-to guy. I don't think they have a breakout candidate. We know what Pascal Siakam is. I don't think they have a young guy on that roster who's really set to take the next step. And I think that that's the problem for them. They're a team that's old, that's going to get – well, they're not old. They've got their best player. Most of this time, you've got Kyle Lloyd, Marcus Ossol, Serge Ibaka. Those guys are going to be gone next year. They're, they're free agents next year. And your best player after that, you have you have Fred Van Vliet and you have you have Pascal Siakam. Norman Powell is, is – is, I, I, you know, you hope he takes another step, but we don't know exactly what he is in this league, except if he's a starter, he's, he might be able to get you some buckets here and there. They don't have a – okay, so maybe it is Norman Powell. Maybe Norman Powell is the, the, the guy who – is able to take a step and become a, a scorer or or, or a, a playmaker for that team. I don't see it. And I don't see Fred Van Vliet becoming consistently a force for this team either. I think what we saw last year from him in the playoffs is the upper spectrum of what he's been able of what he's able to provide. And I think at very least he's able to be a floor general and a defender and a, a streaky shooter. Um I think that's the problem. I don't think they have a, a legitimate breakout candidate on this team and they need one. Yeah, and the only other person that you didn't mention that maybe you could pick is OG Ananobi if he's going to be fully healthy. And even then, it's like maybe he's just a better shooter than he was as a rookie in last season, and maybe he's a better defender. But at the same time, he kind of has a cap on his ceiling because he's never going to be the guy that goes out and gets his own bucket, like like you sort of said that this team lacks in general, that that self-sufficient scorer. I wish I would know. I wish I could talk to him about it, but every time I've tried to speak to him, he has – Two, three word answers, man. Come on, OG. I know they're giving you, you media training somewhere, man. He's that probably guy, giving even shorter answers now after pay, playing with Kawhi, too. He's down to one one word answer. Oh, right. I'm like, come on, bro. Give me something. I'm trying to, I'm trying to include you in a story. Your answers are yes, no, and maybe. I'm like, come on. Uh, who would be the strongest year end award candidate on the Raptors? Um, hmm. Year end award candidate. Um,. Um, I don't know if it's an award, but maybe you, maybe I think Pascal Siakam could be on on second team All Defense, depending on how he plays. 
um, maybe that's a stretch. Um, I don't think they have any guys that are going to win any awards. Could he enter the defensive player of the year running, Pascal Siakam? No. No, no, I don't think he's going to be that good. No, uh uh-uh. I don't think he's good. Enough. I don't think he's going to be good enough to be. I don't think the Raptors are going to be good enough for him to be in that consideration. I don't think he's as dominant a, a defender for for him to for him to be in that conversation either. I think that award is going to go to either Embiid or Gobert again or Draymond or hey maybe Patrick Beverly. You know what I'm saying? So who never knows where, <laughs> where it's going to go. Um, but I don't think they have any guys who are going to be top five vote getting in any for any award. I think I'd agree with you. I would, and I, by I think, I mean I definitely agree with you there. I accidentally skipped over this one, but it's <laughs> it's an interesting one for this team because they have so many expiring contracts, and they're kind of at a point where if they're not certified contenders, which they probably won't be, maybe again they're high up in the East, but they're not going to contend for a championship. It doesn't look like who's the most likely player to get traded. Um, hmm. let's see. It's tough because I want to off rip. I want to say Gasol or Ibaka, but they're making so much money that contenders that might want them wouldn't be able to trade for them because they couldn't match that salary without giving up an, an actual integral part piece to their team. Um, hmm, who could help another team on this roster? I'm not sure. Let me look at it this way. I don't think they, I don't think you trade Kyle Lowry. I don't think anybody's going to. That's a lot of money to take on. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. 35 million is a lot of money to take on. Um, it's w- tough. They, after those few players, they don't have very many guys who inspire, who, who make me say, "Oh, I'd like him on a on a team." You know, um, no, not Cameron Payne. OG hasn't really shown us anything. You're not trading Pascal. I don't think Rondé. If Rondé didn't go to, the, to Toronto, he's probably heading to China. Um, <laughs> let me see, Stanley. Maybe Stanley Johnson can help a team, depending on on what you see, on what he shows from from on what he shows in this first season if he can be a reliable three-point shooter which we haven't seen from him yet maybe he can help somebody um that's it man they don't have too many players that other guys i think i don't think you trade fred or norman or pascal or or og right even we haven't seen much from og but you don't think you trade him i don't think anybody really i don't think there's too big of a market for him right now because we don't really know what he is um and i don't think anybody wants kyle lowry marcus or serge ibaka at their cap um I don't know if they trade anybody. I don't think I don't know if they can trade anybody. If Fred Van Fleet was a little bit older, where you could say, should they reboot after this season? Then they'd move him uh, this season, but because he's going to be a free agent. But he's, he hasn't turned twenty six until February, and so at that point, it's like you might as well keep him because he's not totally right. counter to your timeline. My pick, and I have one. And you mentioned him for the breakout candidates is Norman Powell. If there's a situation where he plays well mm. and they can just get out of the final two years and twenty two point five million of his deal. And then they're just going to have super clean books, basically, aside from whatever they end up paying Pascal Siakam in 2021 when that free agent market's robust or, or maybe they have a little bit more of an asset base assembled. That that would be my pick because he's been so inconsistent both as a contributor and looking at his availability. He's not making a ton of money, but again, if you can get off the final two years of his deal uh, because he's playing well this year, then I think that's something that they would pounce at. That's that's a fair that's a fair uh, a fair pick. I can I can get behind that. You may have just swayed me on that one. Um, I, I'm just I'm just thinking about 2020 and that free guys is not very exciting. So it's like all right, well you're giving up Norman Powell, but who are you going to replace? That you got to round out this roster either way. And the 2020 free agency class is very mid. 
It's very mid. That might even be putting it kindly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is putting it kindly, but I got to see these guys. So, Is there a we'll lineup see. you're dying to see from the Raptors? I'm not dying to see the Raptors, to be honest with you. I, I, <laughs> I, I I'm not. I'm not really. It's this team that Kawhi Leonard was the best thing that's happened to them. Uh, you know, and it sucks because Demar Derozan isn't necessarily a bad player. You know, but it, it just shows you how there's levels to this to this championship thing, and they they bring in Nick they bring in Nick Nurse while well, they promote Nick Nurse, obviously. But you bring in Kawhi Leonard, and and he just changes the whole complexion of that franchise. And then he leaves and takes Danny Green with him, and now you've got a team. Oh, let, let me try. Um, hmm. Let's see. I'd want I'd want Fred in there. I wouldn't want Kyle Lowry in there. We know Kyle Lowry. I want Fred. I want. Uh, let's see. I want Fred, Norman, OG. I want Pascal, and um. Let's see. Uh, throw Cameron Payne in there too. Why not? Oh, I, I'm wow. just seeing Cameron Payne. He might, might dance on the sidelines. Let's do that. Cameron Payne, uh, uh, Fred, Norman, OG. Throw Pascal at the center. See what happens. There we go. If I had me just run those guys out and just try and blast some second units, I'd be there for it. That would be – See what happens, right? Yeah. That's kind of my version of lineup I want to see from them is I didn't have Kyle Lowry either because I, I made this lineup with the intention of saying throw this up against subs. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, Stanley Johnson, and then Pascal Siakam at the five. And so it's basically yeah, Siakam you know and a bunch You're of right. subs. We, I agree with you. We can, we can, we can put Karen Payne back, back on the bench and, and bring Stanley Johnson in there. Or Pat McCall. Oh, I, I Maybe even Matt Thomas that's, that's because one. they need someone who can shoot, and he's supposed to be. I, I don't know much about him, but he's supposed to be this lights out shooter. Yeah, I think there's there's a giant question mark around Pat McCall and whether he can actually play or whether he's just a guy who has rings. And uh, I, I kind of want to find out. So throw Pat McCall in there for me. That's that's a guy who I'm. Maybe that's the reason. That's my reason to watch Toronto Raptors games this year. It's Patrick Pat McCall, McCall <laughs> if he can actually. <laughs> Where do you think they're going to end up finishing in the East? Um, bottom four in the playoffs for sure. Um, I th- think we know we've, we've rattled through the top five. We've right, we've got through uh, Philly, Milwaukee, um, Indiana, Brooklyn, Boston. Um, I think they're going to be competing for six, seven, eight playoff spots. With let's see, we've got Miami, we've got uh, Detroit, Orlando, um, Toronto. Um, yeah, those are those. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle for them because there are gonna be teams that are are gonna be competing against them that that have actual go to guys in the at, on the wings, right? And those are gonna be teams that are gonna be attacking. That's that's gonna be their 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 issue now. Is you had Kawhi Leonard, who was your your shutdown guy on one end, who could also get you a bucket on the other. Now you don't have a bona fide bucket getter on one end. And you just lost your best perimeter defender, not named Fred Van Vliet, on the other. So it's like, all right, well, now what? Um, I think I think we, we can pencil them in as in the 6-7 six, six, spot. Um, I think 6-7-8 is where you find them. I think they, they make the playoffs. They don't miss the playoffs. That's, that's, not, that's not fun. It'll be – if they miss the playoffs, it has to be because they stage a midseason teardown. Otherwise, I just don't – if they're healthy, <laughs> I'd be shocked if they miss the playoffs. It will be crazy. Boldish prediction for them. Um, they missed the playoffs. Why not? Uh, that's a bold prediction. I know I'm, I'm going against that. What I just said is they can't miss the playoffs, but but why not? What if Jimmy Butler goes what crazy? What if they trade people too? It, what, if, 
They could try to tear it down. I just don't think trading people would help them because you're trading. Yeah, you're who trading are you getting for those guys? You're right. You're right. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take on cap space if you if you're if you're trading guys like that, and I don't think that works. Um, so, I think the bold prediction for me is they miss the playoffs. Is that they they're not as good without Kawhi Leonard as people thought, and that they finish eighth, maybe right, maybe eighth place is, is a bold prediction. Um, but eighth or eighth or eighth or lower. That's what I'll say. They finish eighth or lower. That's my. That's a hey to say their ceiling is sixth and that the bold prediction missed the playoffs. It's it's probably fairer than Raptors fans would want to admit. I have two bold predictions for them, though. One, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. They are going to have a better regular season record than uh, at least one of the Celtics and the Nets. At least one of them. That's my bold And the Pacers. So I'll throw two of those teams. The Raptors are going to have a better record than two of the Pacers. Celtics. Oh, you are high on the Raptors. Yes. You are very high on the Raptors, my friend. I, I hope you don't have too many Raptors fans listening to this podcast because they're going to try to come for blood. Or this and, will just blow you know, up. No, I'm ready. Mind. I'm ready. Bring it. Bring well, it that's my second bold prediction. Game. Christian is going to end up watching more Toronto Raptors basketball games than he realizes this season. That's oh, no. Be my second I promise you I will not. <laughs> <laughs> unless the Raptors are on national TV and I'm forced to watch them or unless they're here. Well, they're only going to be here for four games. Two against Brooklyn, two against uh, New York. And I'll probably be... I, to be honest, I probably won't be at the Knicks game. I'll definitely be at the Knicks because I probably won't be at, at Knicks-Raptors games. Um, we'll see. Oh, maybe I will. Who knows? Other than that, other than the times that they're in here, I'm not compelled to watch the Toronto Raptors at all. They have no one besides Patrick McCall that I'm interested in watching. You're not interested in watching Fred Pascal Siakam? <sighs> by himself, no. <laughs> Playing alongside Kawhi Leonard, sure. By himself, <sighs> not really. I'm sorry. That's not me saying that. That's not me saying that he's a bad player. He's, he's, an, he's an exceptional talent. Does he make me want to go to my TV and sit down and schedule an appointment with 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 an eye doctor in the future because I'm watching too much Pascal Siakam? No, no, he does not. He does not make me want to do that. Apologies. I just almost feel like it's part of the intrigue. Is can he follow up with an encore to last season when Kawhi Leonard isn't there? That's part of the the. the, the you know intrigue. where I can find that out? I can find that out on Twitter. Oh, versus I can God. actually really watch some basketball or some other players. I'm sorry, I'm not that interested in, in these Toronto Raptors. Hopefully they prove me right. Hopefully they prove me wrong. Hopefully Pascal Siam comes out averaging 25-12 and leads this team to a, a three-seed. Why not? I don't see it happen. That does it for our Atlantic division. I think part of, I think part of what happened with oh – no, real, real quick before I, I – think part no, of what happened with Pascal is that no one saw this coming. No one saw this type of year coming from Pascal Siakam. We took the NBA by, by storm. He's going to have to, A, get in the weight room, get a lot stronger, and B, teams are going to start game planning for him. They, the jury is out. They know he's he's more than just some some random dude on the roster. I didn't know who Pascal Siakam was before last year. He shocked me, right? And, and, and you know, he won most improved player because the year before that, he wasn't as good as he was last year. It's, it's just how it works. I think people, the jury's out. People know he can play. Teams are going to start game planning for him. And he, now he doesn't have Kawhi Lennon on the floor to take some of that pressure off. Now we're going to see what he's made of. And if you know what I'm saying, we're, I, I, there's no if. That's, that's that's the way it boils down. And if he's able to, it's, it's a sink or swim year for him. To be honest, we're gonna find out if he's really an All Star type of player, and I think he is. And and we'll see. But he's not a guy that makes me want to go sit down in front of my TV and, and and watch NBA League Pass. That's not that's not that's for sure. Oh wow! I'm just I'm actually just a little bit surprised. I enjoy watching him, but for all the reasons you just mentioned, is is why I want to tune in for the Raptors is to see. That's, I think you're right. This is sort of a, a sink or swim season for him when we're talking about 
his ceiling, and that's part of the reason why I want to watch the Raptors is to see how Pascal Siakam does as, let's say, the unquestioned number two. If not, maybe he gets more freedom to run lineups on his own since you don't have, you can't stagger Kawhi and Kyle Lowry because Kawhi is gone. And so that's just, that's part of the intrigue for me. So I get where you're coming from with it, but the, the Raptors are still tantalizing for me in large part because of what we're going to find out about Siakam this year. Maybe tantalizing is a good word to use for them. Are they exciting? Are they a team that I want to tune in to watch? Or are they? Uh, no, they're not. I could name you nine teams out west that I'd rather watch, and probably another five in the east that I'd rather watch. Well, that's a good note to end our Atlantic division on. Uh, if you're not following Christian on Twitter, you absolutely need to remedy that immediately. He is a senior writer. Oh, they're probably going to unfollow me now. <laughs> Only in Toronto. Everyone else, you, you just made friends of 29 <laughs> other fan bases. So, And I think Knicks, the Knicks fans should especially love you for the things you said during during their section. But follow Christian on Twitter, at CrispLashed. I love his Twitter handle. It's at K-R-I-S-P-L-A-S-H-E-D. He's a senior NBA writer for... The New York Daily News does fantastic work over there. One of my favorite people to talk hoops with. He was very generous with his time for this Atlantic Division preview pod. So we, we thank you, Christian. And again, you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Plash. That's at K-R-I-S-P-L-A-S-H-E-D. Until next time, I leave everyone with a shout-out to Kyle Ann. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.